Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is the president of the North Carolina Community College System that uh, currently serves over a half million students across the state with its 58 campuses uh, across North Carolina. And that would be Thomas Stiff. And uh, we, in the last segment, we said we were going to talk about money this segment. Where, where does your money come from? Where is the funding for the uh, community colleges the system come from? Who supplies the buildings? Who supplies the payroll and so forth? Where does your budget come from? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's always the key question. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so the, the bulk of our funding or the majority of the funding comes uh, from our state legislators, from the taxpayers of the state of North Carolina. Uh, we had a historic uh, investment in the community college system in this last budget, over $1.4 billion. Uh, that was the, the largest budget, certainly in over a decade. And it really uh, culminated uh, not only with the, the community college system speaking with one voice, our, our state board, our system office, our 58 presidents, our trustees, over 700 trustees across the state. But it, it really was a recognition uh, by our state leaders of the critical role uh, served by our community colleges. Uh, so uh, the majority of the funding uh, supplied by the, the, uh, the North Carolina uh, General Assembly through appropriations and certainly budget signed by the governor. Uh, we also, our colleges receive funding at the local level uh, from their local county commissioners, typically uh, focusing on more so on capital uh, buildings, uh, so capital, uh, they can provide other uh, supplemental funding. So it is very important for our community colleges not only to have a voice at the state level uh, and ensuring that our legislative and executive branch leaders are aware of uh, the, the good work uh, that we're doing in the community college system, but we also, uh, our, our, our colleges make a very um, focused effort in engaging at the local level with their county commissioners to ensure uh, that they uh, are adequately uh, funded at the, at the local level. And they're also uh, nonprofit funding. We, we work very strongly uh, when, when I say nonprofit and also corporate uh, support through scholarships. Uh, the Golden Leaf Foundation, as an example, uh, is a very strong supporter uh, uh, providing scholarships uh, from tobacco-dependent counties, former tobacco-dependent counties to students that want to attend community colleges. Uh, the GlaxoSmithKline Foundation has been very supportive in particular in health, uh, health focusing in health careers, in particular nursing, uh, the Belk Endowment as well. So we, uh, we have strong partnerships uh, with uh, both foundations and, and certainly private sector and industry, many partnerships, uh, uh, with private sector companies uh, on specific uh, uh, tr programs uh, for uh, workforce uh, development. Uh, so we, we in, uh, try to ensure that we're reaching out to all our stakeholders, both public and private, uh, as they uh, certainly recognize the value of community colleges across the state. As a ballpark figure, what percentage of the operating expenses is covered by tuition? Uh, that's a good <laughs> a, a good point. Uh, uh, our, our tuition, uh, depending on course of study, is about twenty five hundred to twenty eight hundred. Uh, so the majority, uh, a significant amount, is paid uh, 
through state appropriations. I mean, there, uh, you know, it, it certainly uh, provides the bulk of that, but that that that's the, the typical tuition cost, and it, it would be uh, majority covered by uh, state uh, state funding. Do we fund our systems pretty much like the other community college systems across the country? I, I don't, you know, the, the short answer is no. We have a very, and that's one of the things that we're, we're reviewing now. We have a funding formula. Uh, it is um, one that is paid, uh, not to get too technical, but we're paid, uh, as we say, in arrears. It's last year's enrollment it is based on FTEs, uh, and those are individual uh, add up to individual students taking the coursework. Uh, so it is a, a formula-based funding model, uh, one that we're looking at now. And, and I know we want to talk about, uh, you know, future legislation, but one of the things that we're looking at is uh, ensuring that we're valuing our students uh, and valuing our, our employees as well uh, as we look forward to future uh, funding. So uh, that, as I said, I know we were going to talk about that soon, about future legislation, and we can talk about, uh, you know, certainly what we have um, had recommended to our state leaders as far as funding is concerned. Well, basically, we all know that teachers uh, must love their work because most of them, many of them could probably be earning higher compensation in private business or private enterprise than they do teaching. So that it's a love of their profession that keeps them there, going there, but by the same token, they also have to pay the bills and they have to live. Are, are, are we competitive in our salaries? Uh, if not, uh, how do we get that way? Well, candidly, when we say our salaries for faculty and staff, we are not competitive. And that's, we have just instituted a um, three-year legislative initiative and we are saying we, it is going to be extremely important to value our employees. When you look at the surrounding states, uh, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, we are below the average amount of state funding uh, of our, our peer states right here in the southeast. So as a part of our three-year legislative initiative, uh, over the next three years, our current short, short session, and then the next uh, biennium budget, which will cover two years, we have a, a legislative initiative that would increase over three years uh, uh, employee salaries by 8%. And that would bring us on average with those uh, surrounding uh, four states to ensure that we are at least uh, competitive with those states that are immediately uh, next to North Carolina. Uh, right now, uh, uh, candidly, our, our salaries are not competitive, uh, even with our peer community colleges. Well, I know the General Assembly has uh, continued to look with favor on the community college system and realize what a what a jewel it is in, in, in our economic development, because obviously lots of companies want to locate in North Carolina, and a large part of that is the uh, the ability of our state to provide good labor, well-trained labor, and that's what the community college system does in so many cases. Another area that you've been so successful in various areas is, is uh, when the various industries go out of style and are replaced like the textile jobs that were lost and the tobacco manufacturing jobs and the furniture jobs that were lost through the years from the 80s and the 90s and so forth of re-educating and re-equipping 
the labor force, and that is a vital, vital job. Tell me a little bit more about how you go about that. Well, you're exactly right, and that's that's what we're seeing now. Uh, when we've identified uh, those high demand, high paying careers, uh, they range from healthcare to IT uh, to biotechnology, uh, and so we we know North Carolina has. Uh, that that workforce, uh, because as you mentioned, we've had those traditional industries. Uh, so we've assessed where are the needs of the marketplace now, where, where are the jobs? Uh, because we don't want an individual to go through a program of study at the community college and not ultimately uh, be able to receive a, a, a high demand, high, high paying job. Uh, we, we, you know, my personal belief is that you know, education is a pathway uh, to opportunity. So we've identified those high demand careers and ensure that we provide uh, our programs at our community colleges or align with those high, high demand, high paying uh, careers. We also, for those industries, uh, some that are either existing or expanding in our communities, uh, existing, expanding in our communities or going to locate in North Carolina, we provide customized training for those individuals. And we actually cover the cost of that uh, for businesses. Uh, on last year, almost $9 million uh, was uh, paid uh, to cover the cost of customized training uh, for business and industry in North Carolina. So not only our traditional uh, curriculum or uh, continuing education courses that are offered, offered at our colleges, we work again very closely with business and industry to provide customized training for specific uh, education that is needed uh, to the tune, as I said, last uh, fiscal year, almost $9 million in that type of training was conducted. And the good news in some of these cases, in most cases, is we were replacing jobs with higher paying jobs. When we lost the textile jobs, uh, those were basically manufacturing salaries and they were low. And, and in many cases, the businesses that have come in, the industry that's come in uh, has higher pay scale and that's great for the state. And uh, not only, uh, you know, uh, where, where does the state get most of their money? They get their money from the citizens. And so the higher wages that are earned help the state uh, in, in uh, raising their money for other purposes like transportation and so forth. Right. And I mean, as we said, we just touched on a moment ago, your question is, you know, how are we funded the community college system? And as I said, you know, the majority, about 40 percent comes from tuition and in the balance, two thirds or a little less than two thirds. That's coming from state you know, tax dollars. So while we, we get you know, close to 40 percent of our, our budget through tuition and, and then, then the balance through state tax dollars. And uh, we have to be mindful uh, uh, of those expenditures. Now, as I understand, the counties are basically responsible for the uh, capital improvements and new buildings and so forth. Are we in pretty good shape with our buildings? And uh, uh, are there any campuses that uh, uh, need uh, improvements in that area? I, I would say every campus would uh, have a list for you, uh, either new construction uh, and in particular renovations. Uh, at the beginning of uh, the, the previous legislative session, we uh, assessed our colleges and uh, polled our colleges, we identified over a half a billion dollars of either um, uh, deferred maintenance that was needed or new construction because of uh, expanding needs uh, for programs. 
uh, that once again, this, this historic budget that we had last year had, um, was budgeted uh, over $400 million over four years uh, for renovation and uh, new construction. Uh, so that will begin uh, to address some of the needs. And, and typically, as we discussed earlier, uh, those needs, uh, capital needs are typically uh, uh, paid at the county level, but this was you know, state level uh, investment in our colleges. So that's a long-winded yes, there, there are needs uh, from a capital perspective. Our, our state leaders have recognized that and have begun to have started to, to address that as well. Well, of course, you know, one of the problems with new construction, new construction that was 50 years ago, those buildings, uh, roofs wear out, air conditioners wear out. And the more square footage you add, you also then begin to add uh, uh, continuing maintenance to keep those buildings up to date. And that's uh, something we kind of forget when we build a new building, that, that the bill is going to come back again, and we're going to have to do some uh, upfitting. And, and uh, so that's always a situation that uh, uh, I don't think anybody likes to repair a building. We like to build new buildings, but we don't like to repair old buildings. But one's just as necessary as the other. Indeed, I think that's what we always have to remember. Remember that when we when we build this uh, new infrastructure, uh, that uh, we have to ensure that we maintain it as well. Uh, so you're correct. Uh, the, the new buildings are nice, but uh, new buildings 20 years from now <laughs> are not new, and they need to be maintained. Yep, it, it happens just sure as it can. Well, uh, it's it, it's interesting how this. Uh, uh, and of course, with North Carolina's growth, I mean, we, we're going to have more and more people living in the state, and that means more and more demand on uh, the community college system. More and more uh, people won't live here. Uh, that's a delightful situation for the state of North Carolina. Uh, everyone looks here and says this is a great place to live, and part of the reason is because of all the planning that the legislature does in providing things like the community college system. Our guest is uh, Thomas Steff. He's the president of the North Carolina Community College System. And we'll be back with one final segment. In this next segment, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Thomas to look at uh, what he sees as the future of the community college system and what his goals are uh, as he looks forward to planning for next year and the decade ahead. We'll do that when we return with the next segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Excuse me. I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 
When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. A reminder to those of you who are listening to this program on the stations across the state, a number of the stations carry a half-hour version of the program, where others carry the full hour. If you happen to be listening to one of the stations that carries the half-hour version, if you'd like to hear the other two segments, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com, and you can hear those additional two segments. That's carolinanewsmakers.com. Our guest this week is Thomas Stiff. He is the uh, president of the North Carolina Community College System. He's been in that job about a year, almost a year and a half now. And we've talked about all sorts of things that uh, are going on in the community college system in the prior segments. But right now, I'd like to turn to the future and uh, uh, ask uh, Thomas, if he would, to uh, comment a little bit on his plans and his hopes and his dreams for the uh, the year ahead and the decade ahead uh, of what are you planning to do and where do you see the community college system going? So I'm going to turn it back over to you and let you just dream ahead. Well, thank you. Well, I think first and foremost, I, I think let's look at how the role of the community college system uh, serves in our state right now. We, we recently had a economic impact uh, study completed. It showed that our colleges uh, collectively across the state made over a $19 billion uh, impact on our state economy, supporting over 320,000 jobs. Uh, so as we, we take a snapshot of where we are now, uh, without question, we play a key role, not only in the higher education uh, ecosystem and preparing a highly edu uh, educated workforce, we make a significant impact on the state's economy. Uh, so as we look forward to the next year and the next five to 10 years, that that role will continue to grow. Uh, we we see business and industry expanding, existing business and industry in our state expanding. We, North Carolina, is a global competitor uh, for new industry. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the car manufacturers that are locating here, aerospace, uh, uh, bioscience companies, North Carolina is going to continue to be a global competitor uh, from an economic uh, development perspective, and the community college role will only uh, increase in that respect. Uh, so as, as we look at uh, the, the economic landscape, uh, we have to ask ourselves, how do we uh, continue to ensure that we meet the needs of business and industry in North Carolina? Uh, we're going to, in the, in the short term, uh, we're going to focus on ensuring uh, uh, from an enrollment perspective, uh, we continue the positive trend that we set uh, this uh, past fall. Uh, we, we were not immune during uh, the uh, global pandemic. Uh, nationally, community colleges saw a reduction in enrollment. Uh, we were a little bit below the national average, beating the national average. Uh, this fall, year over year, we beat the national average, um, which was still trending downward, and we had a 2% increase in enrollment. Why that's important is we have to continue to uh, ensure that the, the, the people of North Carolina 
understand the opportunities that are available through our community college system, that it is preparing them for high demand, high wage, high, high paying jobs. And so we want continue to, from a broad perspective and focus, while we're focusing on enrollment, the key is to ensure that people understand the, the opportunity that is available through the community college system. Uh, as we discussed uh, a little earlier, uh, having said that, uh, North Carolina is an extremely diverse state. Uh, we have uh, a very thriving uh, uh, metropolitan and urban counties and, and uh, suburbs, uh, but we also have uh, rural communities uh, that are facing the impact of demographic changes and literal uh, declines in population. Uh, so we're going to look at strategic uh, ways to ensure uh, that all of our community colleges, in particular in our rural communities, uh, because of the critical role that they play, not only from a higher education and preparation uh, for, the, for the workforce opportunities, uh, but there are economic hubs in, in our rural communities. So we're going to look at specific strategies to ensure as our community college system thrives, uh, to ensure that our rural community colleges uh, serve and continue to serve uh, a, criti a critical role in their communities. We'll continue to work with our state leaders in the legislature and the executive branch. Uh, we have a very um, uh, thought out uh, three-year uh, legislative initiative uh, that focuses on uh, our valuing our students and ensuring that we are making the financial investment in our students. Uh, we, we did a study of our four surrounding counties, uh, counties, states, uh, Virginia, North uh, Virginia, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. And when we look at the amount of state funding uh, for per student, uh, for state dollars, we find that those surrounding uh, count, uh, states uh, had a level of 66% of their state funding uh, was geared, uh, the funding for their community colleges uh, came from the state. From North Carolina, it's 53%. So over the next three years, we have to become competitive with our surrounding states. Uh, we discussed also earlier about valuing our employees and making sure those same that same study looked at those four states that we're competitive from a salary perspective because of the type of jobs that are here and are coming to North Carolina, uh, it's gonna require uh, uh, the, the skilled individuals in the front of the classroom to ensure that they're preparing uh, that highly trained workforce. So we're gonna to have to have uh, those individuals and uh, faculty and the supporting staff to provide that environment for success for our students. So uh, I, I um, you know, some, some folks look at the current environment and say it's challenging for the community college system. You know, I just, uh, I'm very enthusiastic about the future of the community college system. When I look at the passion of the individuals that are engaged in the community college system, our strong partnership with business and industry, I think our future is very bright. Uh, not, not that there won't be uh, uh, issues to address, uh, that's gonna be in any situation, uh, but an, I'm a native North Carolinian at no other time in our history have we been faced with the opportunities that we have now for our community college system and the role that it plays uh, in our econo economy in this state. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic uh, about the future of the system and the role that we'll play in ensuring that our, our, uh, our citizens are prepared for the opportunities that are coming to North Carolina and that are growing here in North Carolina. 
Well, you touched on this uh, just briefly, but I want to expand just a little bit on it because one of the challenges you have and, and we have as a state is the fact that we've got 20, 25 counties that are growing just about as fast as they can grow. And then we have another 75 counties that are, in some cases, actually, as you stated earlier, in a state of decline. And that's a challenge. And uh, that's where the community college system can help those counties so much in, in, in bringing them up to the level of success that the, the uh, really growth counties are having. That's, uh, but I'm sure that cause, uh, causes some challenges to uh, those campuses because uh, funding is even tougher in those counties. Sure. And, and that's why it's, it's very important to have a comprehensive uh, strategy when you look at our and, and working hand in hand with our economic developers uh, in our existing business and industry. Uh, when you look at the type of um, you know, education that can be provided by our community colleges, and, and look at what workforce will be needed and, and aligning our recruitment efforts uh, in those rural communities. Uh, as you look at some of the recent announcements, there are large uh, manufacturing, uh, whether it's advanced manufacturing uh, or other areas of manufacturing, and they, they're not going to be located in downtown Raleigh. Uh, they're going to be located in areas that they can have the infrastructure, uh, that they can have that uh, highly educated workforce uh, but they need, as you know, we've had several of our quote mega sites uh, that have uh, received success. And so I think we can have a strong partnership uh, with some of our, our more rural counties and our community colleges uh, and, and, and tying that network to our more urban areas. Uh, it doesn't have to be an either or. It, it really needs to be a strategic look at how we attract in particular uh, those uh, manufacturing concerns and when we say manufacturing, it's not like when you and I grew up, uh, they're not dusty rooms anymore. I mean, they are, uh, when we say advanced manufacturing, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you can wear your, your Sunday best as you walk uh, those uh, manufacturing floors and, and it takes uh, highly trained and highly educated individuals to participate in that advanced manufacturing and in the community colleges on the leading edge of that education. Uh, so I, when you look at the strategy, I think it's, it's going to be critical for us to look at those industries we are recruiting in, in, the, in the areas of the state that they can locate it. A topic that we didn't touch on and probably deserves more time than we've got left. We've got a couple of minutes left, a minute and a half. I'd like for you to comment a little bit on distant learning and where that comes into play, because, of course, the community college system, one of its... Uh, advantages is it is located all across the state, but there are still some opportunities in distant learning. What uh, what are you planning there and, and what do you see as the opportunity? Certainly, and, and, and prior to the pandemic, uh, we were very engaged in distant learning and, and, and having those virtual environments. We, we enhanced that uh, over the last couple of years and we were able to utilize uh, some of the federal recovery money, as we were talking about now, in particular in our rural community colleges, uh, we we provided over 11 to 12 million dollars to ensure uh, that we expanded uh, broadband into our rural community colleges, and we we're fulfilling uh, the 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 last round of of that expansion. Uh, so we. Uh, we, we, when we talked earlier about the flexibility and the innovation of the community college system, uh, certainly distant learning and that, that, that virtual learning environment uh, was something that had been embraced and, 
and enhanced upon as we've worked through the last two years. So we, we certainly have that as, as an option as well, uh, because we realize because of the diversity of our students, as I mentioned, that you know, our graduates are from 14 to 77 years old. You have to have that uh, flexibility and innovation uh, to meet students where they are. Well, you mentioned broadband. That's one of the areas that everyone agrees we've got to continue to work on and improve. And North Carolina probably is a little ahead of, this, of the curve there, but uh, it is so important to bring broadband into all the areas that uh, uh, the state, and uh, that's a key, a key part of, of not only education, but also health care. Uh, well, I've, I've ended up with a sort of an awkward amount of time and not enough to uh, ask another question and give you sufficient time to answer. But uh, uh, I would urge our, our uh, listeners, if you'd like more information about the community college system, you can go online and just uh, uh, look at uh, what they're doing. And of course, that would lead you to the community college system in your area as well. And and uh, uh, I'm just so impressed with some of the uh, innovative programs they're doing. And, and I really appreciate so much uh, the work of uh, the entire system and what it's doing in the state of North Carolina. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Thomas, for being with us. We'll look forward to having you back again soon. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online right now to carolinanewsmakers.com. So until next week, same time on the same group of stations. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.